Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. American carnage. That's Donald Trump's true legacy. His desire to overthrow the people's election and seize the presidency interrupted the counting of electoral college votes for the first time in American history, nearly toppled the constitutional order, and brutalized hundreds and hundreds of people. The Watergate break-in was like a Cub Scout meeting compared to this assault on our people and our institutions. And, and that is the congressman, uh, Jamie Raskin, who proudly represents Maryland's 8th Congressional District in the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, he, of course, as you know, is on the House Select Committee to investigate the January 6th attack. And, and, and Congressman Raskin, thanks and welcome to the Madison Show. Um, Thank you very much for having me. I'm delighted to join you. Yeah, let me let, I, I, I understand your statement that we just played for for our audience. What do you hope will be the legacy of the select committee? Well, I hope our legacy is democracy itself, uh, a vibrant, flourishing democracy in this new century and the defeat of all of these resurgent forces of authoritarianism, racism, fascism, anti-Semitism, all of it. Uh, so that's what I hope our real legacy is going to be, that, you know, we are people even in the Internet age and even in uh, an age with all of these difficulties that we're dealing with, like gun violence, like the opioid crisis, like COVID-19, um, even through all of that, we are people committed to democracy and we're not going to move to dictatorship and autocracy and authoritarian forms of government. Based on yesterday's um, uh, 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 hearing, are, were, were, were you surprised at Donald Trump's behavior uh, when you were aware and, and, and provided with the videotape? Well, no, I mean, it's perfectly consistent with, um, you know, our understanding of his behavior. I mean, he's he's driven by money and power. Uh, he converted the presidency into an instrument of self-enrichment for himself, his family, his uh, his businesses and his cronies. Um, and then when it looked like that business model was going to be threatened by an actual free and fair Democratic election, he set about to do everything he could to uh, derail that election and nullify that election uh, and basically destroy our constitutional order as we understand it. What happened uh, during the events of January 6th was that the president who had set the mob into motion, who had set the insurrection into motion, suddenly went quiet uh, for a three-hour period. It was like the dog that didn't bark in the Sherlock Holmes story and, the, the, you know, Sherlock Holmes solved the mystery because it was an inside job by the owner of the dog. The dog didn't bark because he knew the guy who was, uh, you know, stealing the cow. Well, uh, Donald Trump didn't bark. He didn't call the secretary of defense. He didn't call the National Guard. He didn't call the D.C. Metropolitan Police or the mayor. He didn't call anybody involved. Why? Because the mob was doing his will. They were just executing the plan that he had set into motion. So he sat there and watched it on TV. And the only thing he really did was to further incite and exhort the mob with tweets further attacking 
Vice President Pence, saying he didn't have the courage to do what needed to be done and so on. Uh, Congressman uh, Jamie Raskin is my guest here. Um, uh, Our audience has been asking, uh, as we discuss this, what would have happened? Now, this I know it's hypothetical, but what would would have happened if if the president had been successful, if President Trump then had been successful and taken to the podium there at uh, in, in the chamber, what would have happened? And, and again, I know that they would have stopped the the count, but... Yeah, they, well, they did stop the count. Yeah, the that's point, true. They did. It, You're the, right. The they did stop. Delayed they delayed for, it. Right. It was delayed for four or five hours. But they're asking absolutely the right question now, because I think, to me, this is the the last missing piece. It's not really relevant to the president's culpability, because he's culpable regardless of the answer to this question. But the question, to my mind, just to complete the narrative, is what did he exactly plan on happening when he got to the Capitol? You know, he was so adamant that he was, you know, you know, in a struggle with uh, the Secret Service and the driver and everything, and he was adamant that he was going to go up there. Well, here's what I think, and uh, forgive me, I'm a constitutional law professor, and I, I, I do tend to think that all the answers are in the Constitution, but this time I really think I'm right about this. Uh, the 12th Amendment to the Constitution says that in the failure of any candidate to receive a majority in the Electoral College, and that was the whole point to get Pence to reject multiple states, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and so on. But if nobody gets a majority in the Electoral College, then the election for president shifts immediately to the House of Representatives for a so-called contingent election. And the election for the vice president goes to the Senate. And um, why would they want the House deciding who the next president is when Pelosi and the Democrats are in control? Because if you read the fine print of the 12th Amendment, It says that we will be voting not on the basis of one member, one vote, which is how we usually vote, but on the basis of one state, one vote. So each state delegation gets a vote. And they knew they had 27 states. We, the Democrats, have 22. And one state, Pennsylvania, is split down the middle now with nine reps on each side. Even had they suffered the defection of the at-large representative from Wyoming, Liz Cheney, which I think they might have, although she hasn't told me that, but I I think she would not have voted for that fraud. Still, they would have had 26 states. And so I think the point was to get Trump into the room and then basically run it like the Republican National Convention and have uh, Kevin McCarthy call out the states and then say Donald Trump is the president. That's my best understanding. But, uh, you know, we're still searching for all the evidence of it. But that is my own particular theory about what he hoped to happen then. The and and finally, if, if you don't mind, one more question, and 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 that is another question that's coming from our our audience, our listeners. Um, people want to know after the hearings. I know there'll be more uh, more hearings. What what go, what does the committee then do once once your job is completed? In other words, what I'm asking. Will there be legislation? Uh, are you are you trying to uh, create uh, some kind of new laws to prevent this from happening again? What's the bottom line? Yeah, um, well, we exist under House Resolution 503, which says our job is to deliver a report to Congress and the American people. 
uh, stating all the facts about the events of January 6th, the causes behind them, and then what are our recommendations for America going forward to fortify our institutions against coups and insurrections, political violence, and attempts by politicians to usurp the will of the people and just declare themselves president or king or emperor or whatever it may be. So uh, we got to complete our hearings, but we're still kind of in the throes of investigation in the sense that more and more people are coming forward. We're winning all of these cases in court about people having to testify. Um, so we're going to collect more information. We'll make that available. But then we've got to write this report, and we have to try to have some, some hard conversations uh, within a group that has been very cohesive and that has operated a lot on consensus up till now, but some hard conversations about what we're going to recommend. Because some people think that it's enough just to say the vice president does not have power to unilaterally reject electoral college votes, uh, dust ourselves off, and call it a day. To my mind, that is not living up to this moment because we know it's not that Donald Trump had any particular problem with uh, the Electoral Count Act. He wanted to hang on to power by any means possible. We saw him attacking our institutions at the state level, at the local level, at the federal level. We know that there are voter suppression statutes around the country. We know about um, the way they've, tried, they've succeeded in manipulating the Electoral College. They've made it dangerous. I think that we need a much more sweeping look at the assault on democracy in our century, and we need to uh, look at how we're going to guarantee the voting rights of the people, because that's really what's at stake and preventing our elections from being hijacked by politicians. So, uh, you know, I would hate it if we did only the most minimal things uh, to try to avert another catastrophe like this. And uh, and I never should say the final question because it depends on the last answer. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't get your opinion. Um, there's another frustration out there, and that is people are wondering what is taking the attorney general so long. I understand the commit the committee's role is 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 not to press criminal charges or to indict. I understand that. I just would like your opinion, uh, Congressman Raskin. Um, do you think that the attorney general should should act quicker than they have than he has? Well, you asked me a tough question then, Joe. I mean, let me start with a little bit of praise for the Department of Justice. I mean, this is the most massive criminal investigation ever launched by the Department of Justice in its history. Um, they have brought more than 850 different cases against uh, members of the mob and the insurrection for everything from assaulting federal officers to destroying federal property uh, to seditious conspiracy, which means conspiracy to overthrow or put down the government of the United States against all these members of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers and other domestic violent extremist groups. They've been working their way up the ladder the way that you do it in an organized crime prosecution. You start with the foot soldiers and see if, you know, they'll flip on their supervisors and they'll flip on their captains and lieutenants and so on. So I think they're working their way up. Uh, obviously, I'm impatient. Uh, we don't have a lot of time, certainly in Congress, to do our work because you know, at the end of this Congress, we're over. The House of Representatives every two years is a totally new House of 
representatives. You know, every member is up. We adopt new rules every two years and so on. So our, you know, our uh, committee license uh, just goes away like Cinderella at the end of this. So we're in a hurry, but we're also in a hurry for America because we got to deal with people who attack the constitutional order uh, before the 2024 election. You know, and we're still, you know, in front of the 2022 election. So I would like to see some motion there. But beyond that, I don't really want to say much more because uh, Merrick Garland is my constituent and I do not beat up on my constituents. (laughs) (laughs) That's a smart answer for somebody who's up for (laughs) reelection. I I, I appreciate it. it. Thank you so much, Congressman Raskin. Um, I guess I, I got to tell you, I got to get you back because I'm in a interesting discussion with a close friend who insists that we ought to rewrite the United States Constitution. And uh, you being a constitutional scholar and professor, I've got to get your opinion about it. But that'll be after you much later on. So but thank- all right, good. I look forward to that conversation. And somebody who probably agree with them is Thomas Jefferson, you know, who thought that we should be continually updating the Constitution uh, and and modernizing it. So, yeah. um, but, I, but I would love to chat about that. And and I'll be calling on you. Thank you for coming on uh, this this morning. Appreciate it. The all pleasure's right. all mine. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.